0: You're listening to BAU, Business As Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Joe. Pat, how are you? Good, thank you very much. I got a sore back, but here we are. We're uh, live from the car.
1: We are. We are uh, on our way back from um, chopping wood, of all things.
0: We were. Winter's got a bit. We're leaving off where we left off. Winter's reflecting where we're at and... This is the last day or last weekend of the season. The last
1: weekend of the firewood season, yes. Yeah, Yeah. for,
0: for all those listening in wondering what the hell we're doing, we yeah. both heat the houses with wood fire heaters. So Absolutely. Yeah. Trying to get ahead of the head of the winter ahead.
1: Yeah, for sure, which hopefully doesn't come for a little while.
0: <laughs> hopefully we have summer before that. Yeah. So it Excuse us if we're a bit delirious. We went up to a little old, old place. It's quite close to the Pyrenees
1: yeah no it's been great it's been really really good and um yeah and we're kind of coming back into the city we're gonna have a good chat about where we're gonna be in five years in terms of kind of some of the changes that are going through with really kind of coming out i think of um you know some of the stuff around distributed ledgers and kind of where this technology around kind of really well i mean blockchain and others and where it's actually going to take us
0: yeah, we were even going to demo our toes in currency and data. What distributed data looks like, and just for everyone, have a crack. Like I never get it right, but what is a distributed ledger? What is a ledger?
1: Well, I mean, a ledger is basically. Well, there's obviously there's always two sides to a ledger, and they have to balance themselves. So, a ledger on one side, there's always a there's some level of asset, and on the other side, so it's basically it's a liability or it's an asset. Mm-hmm. So. In a distributed ledger, what means is that asset, which could be money, it could be a contract, it could be your energy, it could be lots of different things, sits on one side. And then the person who you're actually contracting with or who's you've loaned money to or you're giving money to, then sits on the other side of that. And it allows you to do that peer-to-peer through a contract, not necessarily needing to do that through anyone who's going to take arbitrage across it. So whether that's a bank, whether that's a, if it's an insurance contract, there's an insurer that or a reinsurer that sits in the middle, so to speak.
0: Mm-hmm. And really, a lot of the talk at the moment has been getting rid of that arbitrage and being able to free up a bit of that cash. But then you've got FDX that's really called into question uh, sort of the way that, that that place is or that space or industry is is policed really or or policy that enacts that and protects citizens and cash Um, but there's a lot of people working in that, and we sort of went through that last episode and went through sort of the state of play but we're sort of trying to forecast into five years time and I think five years time for me I I feel like distribution won't be something that's necessarily in terms of centralisation I think it will come from a lot of different smaller players being able to have have a say and have have and own their own data I think that's going to be a big thing we touched on that last time or a few weeks ago around sort of data what that means education around data what that means that plays into um, sort of a ledger and what a ledger is across the board and where where new business opportunity I suppose can really raise its head and we talked on this last week, it should be great to get your perspective around like the trust thing isn't just an FDX thing, the trust thing's across the board in society right now. It's like it's a government thing, it's an institutional thing, it's a it's a person-to-person thing and the technology, at least from my lens, is meant to be trustless. That's meant to hold this. So it's yeah. an interesting piece of what could come in five years' time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And to me it's worth stepping back and understanding really what digital has done in terms of the world that really kind of started with the with the internet is that we can actually be multiple people right so if you think back to you know kind of pre-internet it was very very difficult to be you know someone who was kind of a certain thing in your community in certain instances you would always get found out whereas now people actually have multiple identities in a digital sphere. And I think a big part of kind of where I see a lot of the the contract or the kind of distributed ledgers starting to head is really around authentication and being able to actually understand who it is that you're dealing with. Not in an identity sense, but actually in a sense of that this is a legitimate thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like not in the sense of that I'm going to try to you know, know exactly who you are. It probably doesn't matter. Um, what it will allow for I think is really the promise of what I think kind of technology holds which is that it's actually about efficiency and it's about people being able to connect in a different way that builds a new type of system and I think that's where we're starting to head
0: Yeah, no that's super interesting and, and such a good point around the utility that it'll hit um, and I suppose the f- tackling I suppose that real problem that we have around cyber security and and who who's who and who accesses your data is is a big one and then what do you think five years from now i suppose like where do you think well all right let's take this back again and try and do a bit of a memory game so five years from today would make it 2017.
1: 2027 yeah yeah
0: no, 20... No, but back.
1: Oh, five years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So,
0: five years ago is 2027. 20, without... No, like, let's just go off the top of our heads feeling what was 2017? What were you doing then to try and bring us back to that to be able to then launch us forward?
1: Gotcha. I have no idea what I was yeah. doing in 2017. But, I mean, I think... I'm just what, trying to get a sense no, of what no, no. is but, achievable. But, well, I mean, I think in, 20, in 2017, I think what was... Interesting, you know, if you just look and kind of across the last five years, even just simple things like if you look at um, not just like processing power, but the fact that so like Dropbox is a really great example, right? Yeah. So if you want to keep it in a technology sense, Dropbox didn't exist. So if you think about kind of Dropbox was very nebulous in terms of this ability to store all your files in the cloud and access them anywhere off yeah. of their centralized server. So as a piece of technology, what's that actually enabled? It's enabled really what we're you know this kind of work from anywhere um kind of movement that's come through over the last couple of years is directly driven by that really all you need is a is a wi-fi connection and you can participate in kind of a workspace a decentralized workspace anywhere in the world so that's you know the pace of change if you said kind of five years ago you'd be able to do that i don't think many people would have thought that
0: yeah it's a really interesting point i'll Really appreciate you diving back in there. I can't 100% verify whether Dropbox was around or not. They might have been infantile. But um, that really brings a big point around where we can land and what that means. It was a real stepping stone in terms of storing data on the cloud, what that means. That was a huge step for organizations, individuals. Now, as you say so well, it's a necessity. But in terms of the acceleration into, one, being able to access it And then not at being necessarily owned by Dropbox is is a big one. And then being able to lighten the load on access in terms of five years from now is going to be huge. And then to actually try and paint a picture, to be so bold, I feel like you could be sitting, you will be sitting in five years' time. And you or I, if we're doing this same podcast, we'll be talking about the current state of play where you can access data, you and I can say our pool of data is here and we can call upon that without having any internet connection because we've been calling on it for for the last couple of months and we've been working on a project, we've been building something and it is local and we're about to share it widely and ask for input from different regions but very targeted for those people to be able to access and then from there you can release it and make it a more public moment whereas that now doesn't look like it's the case in terms of yeah, exactly. usability.
1: Yeah, and that really, the, the fact that it's, it becomes many to many, yeah. right, and getting rid of the, the kind of the tyranny of um, of the one, and I mean, what we now have with, with servers is obviously that the server has just been moved from the office to the cloud, right, so there's still a central server where you have to go and get your information and be able yeah. to call it back from and be able to do all those things, but In five years down the road, a lot of these things will become many-to-many, so that my server might be somewhere that's in 20 different places, depending upon what I'm up to and what I'm working through, but it's all kind of pulled together. And I think the thing really that we start to talk about is about what we were touching on last time, which is really, it's about data ownership and everyone actually is a you know as as an individual as well as as certain groups of people understanding that their data actually is theirs and they can actually do what they need to, need to do with it. So the the diminishing return around kind of data as a service or data storage as a service I think is really, really interesting because if people put together their their storage it becomes much easier to be able to do anything really and if you were able to actually do it quicker faster and better which has always been the trajectory that technology has taken
0: mm. and i think one other interesting play is i think what i was trying to articulate before is the distribution i think in terms of centralization like a central government a central organization is being picked apart as we speak and i think we're in that process across the board whether it's a big organization or a government and it's how do you empower grassroots and I think that'll be well and truly in the process but why I bring that in now is I think that we're going to see that reflected in the way that we use technologies and that that moment of the way technologies are built and then are used so be it energy where energy is cons- not consumed, produced and pushed out maybe a little bit shorter and then where that's going to be in terms of a data sphere I think has always got strong parallels, like I think a, our ideas of, of, of the way that we operate and work are going to be through that process of what a decentralised operation is. And maybe there's a moment to really re-evaluate what, I don't know, like, lack of a better word, citizen responsibility is, or like what a digital citizen is, or what, what a person is in a digital age, and what that means to be a healthy person. Because as a real opportunity to actually think about you are what you consume, um, not just vegetables but genuine media um, and that's a big moment I think for society to think about that uh, at a level. It doesn't have to get super deep but I think it has to get somewhere if we're going to be able to help help our kids be be able to sort of fight the algorithm that is the attention economy and what that's going to look like is going to play out. I don't necessarily have the answers for that but I think a lot more reports will, would have been released by then to really show our collective digital health and how we're going to do that in terms of a, of what distribution means. I mean, what decentralization, what does that mean for, for health or like digital health?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, do you mean that that's going to allow us to kind of be, I think, more independent? So outside of a lot of, is that what you mean? Like, we're going to be able to be digital, but not necessarily need to be as part of these ecosystems that we are today is that what you mean by that pat
0: I don't, i'm just trying to unpack it i just see it as a real problem that we've got right now and then i see it as a moment like i think it's going to be an interesting one because we're sort of moving away from a decentralization what that means in terms of a policy level and there'll be pushback if government's ever going to say or a governing body's going to say hey x can't do y because it's affecting kids and it's like we're free to do whatever we want but whether the awareness around what a digital economy and what an attention economy is at that stage when, we, when we've when we gone through, like, data governance and we've got distributed ledgers and, like, our our sort of literacy of, of the current state of play is there. Like, what will that do for our attention economy? Will we be changed from that? Because, like, a lot of the ask for Web3 is sort of... It's a pushback, essentially, against the attention economy and it's a pushback into being able to... A lot of people call it a creative economy, but really it's more centralization around giving credit where credit's due versus the people who have built the platforms to capture the attention, mm-hmm. sell it back.
1: Yeah. So in five years out, people are more literate but yeah. they have also they're
0: more what does that literacy do?
1: But they're more understanding also of the their kind of I guess their their responsibility and I was also understanding how might they construct their own kind of way through a digital world that's probably a little outside of the way that you can actually do it do it today because a simple way that i think about it is that if you for example use um like a google product Mm. today to basically be able to do a distributed task so you know the software that you get through like sheets or um Google pages or um, Docs. Yeah. Docs. So like Google Docs etc. Really the utility of that is broadly free to you which means it's what the why and the reason why is because it's obviously you're signed in through an email address so that they actually know everything else that goes on around you while you're actually engaged in that activity. So you might be making a, um, you know, a doc but if you have another window open broadly it knows. So that that type of thing about that—that's—but the way that you, the only way to do that in a decentralized way, it's a really good solution for actually working with people in multiple different locations. But if it's more about a distributed way of dealing with things, that information can be held much more locally or moved around. But it can be outside of these big kind of, um, I guess, tech giant ecosystems.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, trying to unpack that a bit in terms of like you started off with sort of saying that. If I'm wrong, if I'm not right, I mean, if I'm right, saying if you have, like, at the moment the players is free, but Google know everything about you if you use their product and you're sort of saying to combat that, you feel like that in terms of literacy and then in terms of access to product people will have an opportunity
1: well people will know it i think like so people would know that but it's more from a technology sense and kind of you know a distributed ledger what it would allow you to do is that that document can exist in multiple different places at once yeah but outside of the kind of the the control of anyone really yeah um and i think that's that's what's interesting because the literacy part that you're stressing becomes really really important because you know with everything there's there's good and there's bad Mm -hmm. in what we're talking about
0: always the double edge it's uh, night and day um i think one of the most exciting things that i see going to happen in the next five years is someone's going to crack the code for web 3 in the advertising model because it's like small businesses have like one of the benefits of say web 2 it's, it's uplifted and given a lot of opportunity to people to pull themselves up and and make a go of something that may have been a hobby a passion an X a Y a Z. But what does that look like in Web3? I don't think has been explained very well. I feel like that space is there, whether it be Web3 or just five years, whatever we're calling it at that yeah. time. Yeah. No one is really... And, like, this is back on to what we were just sort of saying there around literacy and everything coming up around attention economy, whether that's going to corrode. But how do people communicate their their message and their offering in a, in a way that, I suppose breaks that down celebrates it uses that differently because that's the real opportunity i don't think it's going to go away i think the way that we do it will change
1: yeah and i mean it, when i look five years out i think what we're going through at the moment is really it's it's the it's the end of a uh, easy money and it's also but what that money has done is paper over a lot of cracks but it's ultimately there's been asset bubbles so there's been asset bubbles in Property. There's been asset bubbles in stock, but I also think you can legitimately say that there's been an asset bubble in attention. And so this this idea that we're you know we're going to spend a lot of time kind of engaged with these things, and we're going to do all of that, but we're going to give away our data for free in exchange for this. I think the utility of that is really really changing. But when you come back to Web three, you know Web three, I think what is interesting is that you're going to be able to step outside of that and you're going to be able to actually find your own way through it that doesn't necessarily mean you have to engage through these kind of large technology companies that ultimately, you know, they've, this kind of idea that they can, can somehow monetize our attention, I'm not sure is as valid as people think it is.
0: Yeah, that's interesting but I still think people are going to be looking for how to support mum's shop, how to do totally. X. and like, exactly. I, that hasn't been yet I think someone's going to do or a group of people a collective are really going to do although there's going to be a, a lot of people attempting to do that and where it lands in five years I think will be in a really interesting spot that, that that it will be, either, be a double-edged yeah. sword, but I think it will be a new take on what that is and how people can participate because that's essentially the new but you're talking
1: more i think if i'm hearing you correctly more about like things like micro payments and things like that so like if i like micro levels of support and stuff that is easily achievable in this type of sphere where rather than have it monetized through um You know, our relationship through Instagram, so to speak, is that, you know, you have to be there because that's how you actually gain support. But yet Instagram is the one who's actually really making the money um, no matter what transactions are coming through. That can change quite quickly to be something that is very very different which is that I'm engaged in this community I believe in this community therefore I support that community through things like micropayments and almost we could have an Instagram peer to peer
0: yeah and that community so- supports you back it's like yeah. a that's where like in terms of distribution and decentralization is a big part because you being there it's like an interesting moment to really deconstruct what an attention economy is because it has validity People are there. You have an audience. Audience plays with creator. Creator plays with audience. Who is the true creator? Is it people or being there? These are things that are being speaking about or spoken about in depth, really teased out, played with. What does that mean in in a in an economy? I suppose to be able to support people with with meaning and and like seriousness to actually allow people to go full time and, and make it all happen is going to be. It's going to be exciting to see that unfold, I think. Yep. Five years, it'll look so different as well, I'm trying to say. Well, yep. I'm sure. Well,
1: for sure. And I think maybe where we can go kind of next out of that is understanding, like, in five years' time, if that's the case, that we're able to do things more peer-to-peer, what are the other things that we actually need yeah. around us?
0: That's good. I reckon we should go there. All right. Cheers, All right. Pat. Thanks, Joe. Drive safe. Thank you for listening to BAU, Business As Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.